Hello everyone, I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere. It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own, and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading! This is a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. Hello and welcome to the Fun Kids Book Club podcast. This is Bex and I've got a lot of stuff on today's show for you. I'm going to be chatting to Amber Lee Dodd. I'll be talking to the winner of the Costa Children's Book Award, that's Hilary McKay, and Celia Reese as well. Plus, we'll be recommending some amazing books for you. Also, right now, I have got my book trivia question. Don't worry, you'll have the length of the podcast to try and figure out the answer. Today's question is this. Which David Walliams book is about to be made into a musical with music by Robbie Williams? Is it A, Gangster Granny, B, Billionaire Boy, or C, The Boy in the Dress? I will tell you the answer, don't worry, very, very, very soon. But first, let's have a chat with Amber Lee Dodd. So I am joined in the club by Amber Lee Dodd. Hello, how are you? Oh, I'm good, thank you for having me. Well, thank you for popping by, because you've got a brand new book out. I do, I do, it's very exciting. It's called uh, Lightning Chase Me Home. Can you tell the listeners all about it? Ah, uh, I can. Um, so it's about a girl called Amelia, and she lives on a windblown island in a creaky old house right beneath the North Star. Her dad is very sad since her mum left and her absent-minded grandpa suddenly seems convinced something very strange is about to happen to her. She's about to start a new school and she's struggling with making new friends. So when she makes a birthday wish to be reunited with her missing mum, things get even stranger when a wild magic is stirred from the sea. That is an excellent introduction to the book. Wow. So it's kind of like an, an adventure and a magical series, right? It's a magical adventure, essentially. Yes, it's it's a sort of magical realism adventure mystery. I've got a little bit of everything in there. Now, Amelia is named after two explorers. Yes, she is. Uh, tell our listeners a little bit about them. So she is named after Amelia Earhart, who is a fantastic female explorer. She was the first person to fly across the world, or the first lady to fly across the world. And then she went missing. Yes. No one found her. Just her shoes. The most mysterious thing. It's so I know. And, and the other explorer as well? Is Lady Hester Stanhope, who rode camels through the Arabian desert dressed as a man with a cutlass. Now, is this something that always interested you, the exploring side of things? Um, yes, uh, it really was. But I think when I was writing my first book, I was doing a little bit of research um, about um, lady scientists. And I came across all of these sort of lost women in history. And I got really interested. I was like, I would have loved to learn more about this at school. Um, so I decided that's what my next book should be about. It should have lots of lady adventurers and explorers who really inspired me. So what kind of things happen to Amelia on her adventure? Oh, um, she gets stuck on a little island. She is in a sea cave while the sea starts coming in. She has to climb up cliffs. Lots of very um, scary adventures happen to her. Have you ever done these adventures? Have you climbed up cliffs? Have you been inside caves? I have. I stayed in a Scottish castle. Oh, wow. As research for this book or just in general? As research for the book. I was a writer in residence in a Scottish castle. And um, I got to sort of explore the Scottish cliffs. And there was dungeons underneath the castle. So I got to sneak down there and take a look. 
what was the most exciting bit in the book to write? Because there must have been something that you're writing like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this is happening. This is amazing. I think that would probably be the storm towards the end. The storm is coming in and starting to swallow up the island and Amelia is battling against all the forces of nature and the Scottish wilderness. It was very exciting. And in the description of the book, you mentioned that Amelia doesn't always feel brave or like she's the most special person around, but does the book help her kind of come through this a little bit? Yes, I think of all good like underdogs and heroes, they they eventually find their feet before the end of the book. I've got to say, I've been reading some recommendations of your book. You've had Robin Stevens has has given a recommendation. I know. uh, Is it Kieran uh, Milde Hargreave? Yes, yes. yes. I mean, how does that feel to have those recommendations? Oh, it's... um, it's so overwhelming. It's so uh, lovely to have like authors that I admire saying they like my work. Um, it, it never gets old. It's always really exciting. Are they people that kind of influenced you as well? Uh, yeah, I love Robin Stevens' books. Um, I, I love her detective series, especially what she's been doing with the characters like, recently in her last book. Yeah. Um, so to have kind words from her is just wonderful. And in, in the book, you've got Amelia. Now, she also has a difficult relationship with her dad and her mum's not around. Is that Was that interesting to write as well for you? Yeah, it was. Um, I think a lot of children's fiction kind of sees it from the other point of view, where their dad might be missing. So um, it, that was kind of an interesting challenge to see what kind of relationship you might have with your mum if she has been absent. And do you think there'll be maybe a few more books in the series or is this like a standalone book for you? I think this is a standalone. I'm working on something little little bit different right now. Oh, interesting. I read that you uh, you didn't like reading when you were younger. Is that right? Yeah, that's true. I hated reading um, <laughs> because I was really dyslexic myself. Okay. Uh, which is, so I share a lot in common with Amelia. Right. Um, so I was really, really bad at English and really terrible at reading. And it took me a really long time to catch up with everyone else. And when I did, it was like I discovered it. And that's when I... Um, fell in love with books and fell in love with writing stories. Was that one book in particular that made you really, really go for it? Ah, uh, so many books. But I think my favourite were, were Jacqueline Wilson. The classic, of yes, course. Yes, absolutely. I think I read her books and, and I was like, wow, this is the books can be about people like me. Yeah, yeah, they're really interesting and yeah. you can relate to them. Yes, exactly. And I was like, these characters, I feel like, are my friends. Did you put any of yourself in, in Amelia and in the characters Absolutely. In your book? I really think Amelia is probably the closest character I've written. Uh, there's a lot of um, how I felt at school with dyslexia in Amelia. And, and struggling uh, to read and feeling very insecure and scared about being in classes. Um, so it, it, yeah, it was really fun for me to write. Now, uh, I do a little quick way around with every author who comes in. Ooh, okay. Is that, is that okay to do yes, it now? Yes, yes. Just to get a feel for you, feel like <laughs> what you like as an author. Uh, first one, super easy, books or Kindles? Both. 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 I'm going to be controversial. Yeah. I love I love um, having a physical book. There's nothing that beats it. But Kindle, you can turn it onto dyslexic-friendly font. Oh, right. And you can change the background. So if you are dyslexic, it's actually a really good tool. I did not know that. No, I know. But uh, there's a little recommendation. You know what? I think that's the best answer I've had so far. <laughs> that's really, really good. Uh, heroes or villains? Oh, it's going to be have to be heroes. Heroes. It's got to be heroes. I love writing villains. I mean, they are such good fun. But um, I love a good underdog. Excellent. Uh, now, I think you might like this one. Illustrated mum or bed and breakfast star? Oh, illustrated mum. Okay, just checking. <laughs> I have the signed copy still with me. Do you? Do. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that, I bet. oh that's amazing. <laughs> um, film adaptation or TV adaptation? Ooh, tricky. Mm. Ah, I would say with TV ab- adaptation because you get a little bit more time to tell the story. Okay. Um, Amelia or Sydney? 
Oh, oh, I think it's Amelia at the moment. I should say Sydney's a character from your previous book. Yes, yeah, she just, is. Just want to check where your loyalties lay there. Just, <laughs> just double checking. Uh, writing or reading? Oh, um, reading is a little bit more fun. <laughs> less hard work. It's less work, I suppose. Hogwarts or Narnia? Hogwarts, every time. Good, me too. Laptop or write by hand? Laptop. Yep. Spell check. A Roald Dahl or Jacqueline Wilson? Jacqueline Wilson. I thought that might be the answer. I just wanted to double check. A bookshop visit or school tour? Ooh, 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 uh, school tour. School tour. In- a lot of people also say that because they like interacting with children and having lots of kids around. Yeah, and yeah. that is it's the most nerve-wracking part of the job, but it's also the best part as well. Um, do you write nine to five or just whenever you fancy? Um, I try and have set hours, but that never really works. <laughs> and finally, the big one, salt and vinegar or cheese and onion? Cheese and onion. Oh, <laughs> I'm more of a salt and vinegar gal but because you gave me the excellent Kindle tip at the top I will let you off for that <laughs> okay. that is alright uh, so Amberly, we should say that your book is out right now yes, yes it is from all good bookshops and it looks beautiful as well oh it is gorgeous um, you can't really see it online but it's very shiny it's uh, and pretty so it's blue and it's got like waves and it's shiny like yes like, it's got little writing. F- like, it's got thunderbolts that shine as well it's, it's amazing gorgeous. so if you see lightning chase me home in the shops and you love an adventure and a bit of magic Go and check it out. Yes, please do. Perfect. Amberly Dodd, thank you so much for popping by. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you very much to Amberly Dodd for popping by, fun kids. Next up, I'm going to talk to Costa Children's Book Award winner, Hilary McKay. I am joined by Hilary McKay, the author of The Skylark's War and also winner of the, the Costa Book Prize. Congratulations. Thank you very much indeed. Yes, lovely news. Uh, now, I saw the judges said it was as perfect a novel as you could ever want to read. Is that the highest praise you've ever got? Yes, I think it probably is. It's so nice that I played it back to myself afterwards in case I've been dreaming. It's that sort of nice. <laughs> what was it like when you found out you'd won? It was it was it was um quite a surprise. It was some time before it was announced, to be perfectly honest. So um yeah, they said, Are oh, you in a nice quiet place? We've got to tell you something and I was in the Natural History Museum. Well, I don't know if you know what it's like. Uh it echoes and there are about forty thousand sculptures in there. <laughs> It wasn't a nice, quiet place. It was a nice place. Which section of the Natural Museum, History Museum were you in? I was, I was right by the dinosaurs where there's a very large T-Rex which has been animated so that it can, now what would it be called, growling? Snarling? Okay. Anyway, it was a very noisy part of the Natural <laughs> History Museum. I love the idea that you were on the phone like, what, are you sure? What, I'm <laughs> looking at a dinosaur. What, what's happening? <laughs> it's a very baffling environment to be in. Anyway. Now, uh, in the book, The Skylark's War, uh, you've got Peter and Clary. Now, they spend their summers uh, in Cornwall with their granddad. They have a difficult time at home, but their summers seem lovely and idyllic. They seem perfect. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what, what happens to the, to the brother and sister? To the, to the, what happens to the brother and sister? Yeah, yeah. Well, what happens basically is history. The First World War happens to the brother and sister. So eventually they're swept up in, as many of their generation were, into dealing with the consequences of... The First World War, they they grow up um, in a pretty unloved family home. They do have Cornwall in the summer. They make friends. They have a cousin, but they have hanging over them, which the reader knows, but obviously the characters don't know. The shadow of nineteen fourteen coming up. So, what made you uh, pick the First World War rather than the Second World War or any other kind of conflict? It started off because I was I was writing another book many years ago, and I had a flashback scene sequence subplot running through it which was a hundred years earlier which exactly placed me at the beginning of the first world war so i'd already done quite a lot of research for it and i do think it's a very fascinating time and there isn't much written about the first world war for children there's much more about the second world war 
that did occur to me actually I did think that because I, I there's a lot more Second World War stuff yes, but yeah First yes. World War is, is less kind of uh, written about especially in fiction mm, yes it is yes there's not very much at all um, for that sort of age group there's things like Testament of Youth but that's for adults really um, no I can't think of much so how does the First World War kind of change their lives and change their family well it changed everybody's lives at the time I think even more so than the Second World War because people had very little information about what was going on. There wasn't even a BBC or radio in the home at that time. Um, So boys were expected to enlist unless they had a very good reason not to. Girls were living at a time when education was just becoming to be a thing that they could um, expect to happen, but still not on a level with their brothers. Um, And the First World War changed all that. It made girls and women come to the fore and show what they could do in terms of working and education and politics and I'm afraid most of the boys went off. In the book you've got uh, you've got Clary, the sister, who uh, well she first of all doesn't get to go to boarding school, she has to stay at home and, mm-hmm. and then the book kind of follows her life, is that right? Yes it does, it follows 20 years of her life, it's, <laughs> it's a very long time span for a children's book I have to say. It really is, yeah how is that writing about a whole character's life and not just a part of it? It was very in a way because you don't have to leave them dangling on the end of some event that's only taken a few weeks of time and also you get to know the character very well indeed as you follow them up you know through their maturity into adults it was was a great book to write I really enjoyed it did you feel a bit sad when it had ended because you felt like you've kind of you've got a friend you've made a friend there that you kind of won't be seeing for a while I did well several friends actually I, I got very fond of all the characters much too fond I suppose um, yeah, I was sorry to finish it, but then, of course, I had to review it for America. So I was soon mm-hmm. back with them all over again. <laughs> and you must be delighted because the Skylarks War, like I said, uh, you won the Costa Book Award. And it was just, it's just everybody's absolutely loving it. Was, was that a, a lovely, was it a surprise for you? Were you surprised at how well it's gone? Or were you like, yes, brilliant, I'm glad this has got the recognition? A bit of both. I did think, comparing it to other books I've written, not to anybody else's books, but compared to other books I've written, I thought, this one is working I had less doubts about it. You always have doubts, but I had less doubts. Um, And I have been blown away by the response to it, actually. I'm really surprised to have such a large adult readership response, which has been quite surprising. And do you get letters from children as well? Because you've written so many books. This is is definitely not your first book. No, it's not my first book. I do get letters for children, but less than I used to do in the past, I think. Internet and email communication has taken over from letters. I still have letters from children and I value them very much indeed. Excellent. Well, um, we do something with all authors, a little quick fire round, if that's okay, just oh, just to right. find out a little bit more about you. Don't worry, it's no pressure. Don't worry, we're not testing your general knowledge, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to get a feel for, for what you like as an author, basically. So um, um, here we go. Books or Kindles? Books, every Bo- time. Yeah, nearly everybody says that. Um, heroes or villains? Heroes. Heroes. Film adaptation or TV adaptation? Oh, Chance would be a fine thing. Um, <laughs> I think I'll have film, thank you very much. Film, okay. Uh, this is one especially for you. Uh, Mrs. Robinson, Mrs. Rule, or Mr. Leggett? Now, how did you get those names? <laughs> I've done my research. <laughs> Mrs. Rule was the most brilliant primary school teacher. She really was, and she read to us every day. She read us classics. She was absolutely superb. Mrs. Robinson made every child in the school learn to read music without knowing they were doing it. <laughs> Which was, so I, I was surprised to go to secondary school and find everybody couldn't, because everybody could. 
she just assumed we could and we could because she had that sort of expectation. She was wonderful. Mr Leggett taught everybody to play chess with good manners. I remember that. So all excellent teachers who helped you become who you were? Yes, definitely. But I think Mrs Rule probably. She's put so much time into us. Um, writing or reading? Writing or reading, reading. Reading. Uh, laptop or write by hand? Uh, writing by hand. Hogwarts or Narnia? Oh, Narnia. Much better weather. Uh, Roald Dahl or Jacqueline Wilson? Roald Dahl. Oh, that was tricky. Okay. Mm. Uh, bookshop Very visit tricky. or school tour? Oh, bookshop visit. And finally, the big one, salt and vinegar or cheese and onion? Oh, mm. that's very difficult because the dog doesn't like salt and vinegar. Oh, really? <laughs> is that how you're basing your answer? Yes, I think it is. I'd have to take the dog's choice, which is cheese and onion. Well, if that's what your dog thinks, then how can I argue with a dog? I just can't. She is the boss, yes. Absolutely. Uh, well, Hilary, thank you so much for, for chatting to us on Fun Kids. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. It's really nice of you. It's No, it's lovely. And thank you. And um, we should just say Skylark's War is out right now. Everybody's loving it. So if you haven't read it yet, go and get a copy. Yeah, go and get a copy. Thanks very much indeed. No worries. Thank you so much, Hilary. It's time to welcome into the Fun Kids studio my favourite book expert. It's Imogen. Hello. Hello. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Good. Thank you. Um, tell me about what books you need us to read this week. Okay. So the first book I have is Lightning Chase Me Home by Amberly Dodd. Who we just spoke to. Who you just spoke to. Hey. Okay, so obviously you just heard all about this book. So I don't really need to go into the reasons why you need to read it. But it is a brilliant book full of courage and strength and adventure and heroics and heart. And it's all about um, Amelia Hester McLeod, who's named after two of her mum's favourite explorers, Amelia Earhart and Lady Hester Stanhope. So Amelia's mum um, abandons her, sadly, and uh, she's about to and she's about to start a whole new scary school and on her birthday she wishes to be reunited with her mum and she ends up going on this adventure where she finds lots of clues of her parents past and it's a really good adventure book and I think you should definitely go and read it and if you love the sound of Amberly Dodd and all her book magic Mm. in the interview you just heard you are going to love it lovely stuff Uh, what is up next Imogen? it is The Dog Who Saved the World by Ross Welford okay tell me more So this book is about 11-year-old Georgie who befriends an eccentric scientist and she becomes the test subject for a new experiment which is a virtual reality 3D version of the future. And then a deadly disease threatens the life of every single dog in the country and even Mr Mash, who is Georgie's lovely dog, gets a bit ill. Um, And that is only the start of all the shenanigans that goes on in the book. So Georgie and Mr Mash have to save every dog on Earth and they go on this huge quest uh, without actually leaving the room. It's all about time travel and it's all about imagination and adventure and going on quests and uh, dogs, which is everyone's favourite subject. Uh, So if you love a bit of that, this is the book for you. Thank you very much, Imogen. Uh, Right, what's up next? The next one is Night Zookeeper, The Penguins of Igloo City by Joshua Davidson. I'm already sold, but tell me more. So this is the third book in the series and Will travels through a portal with his friends Sam and Raya and they arrive in an igloo city. 
And in English City, it's a bit of a weird place. They follow these really strict rules made by their leader, who's called Circles the Clown. And there's no dancing and no singing allowed and no painting and no creativity whatsoever. That sounds no fun. And the safety and the future of Igloo City all depends on Will choosing the right side. Is he going to follow Circles the Owl's all orders or is he going to break free and join the rebels? You'll have to find out by reading the book. I will, I shall and I can. What happens next? What book are we up to next, Imogen? The next book is The Boy Who Flew With Dragons by Andy Shepard. So the main character in this is called Thomas and he has a big, big secret that he owns his own tiny little dragon called Flicker. And Flicker is a dragon that grew on a very special tree at the bottom of his granddad's garden. And not only that, his friends Ted, Kai and Kat all have dragons too. And they're all grown on this dragon fruit tree in the back of his granddad's garden. And yet, owning your dragon might sound really super magical, but Thomas also finds out what living with a dragon is really like. Because obviously, living with a dragon you're going to get a bit of fire it's going to be warm you're going to get holes in your pockets when they breathe out all sorts of shenanigans he has to learn to train the dragons to keep them out of trouble at school and at home and it takes all of Thomas's creativity and patience and what is more the dragon fruit tree at the back of his granddad's garden where all these dragons grew from is starting to look all droopy and unwell so Thomas and his friends have to do all they can to restore it to health and find out its deepest mysteries all this as well as trying to work out what the the local bully Liam the king of travel has got up his sleeve for them as well so life with dragons is never dull and this book has beautiful illustrations all the way throughout and you know I love an illustration you do I do and um, it's a really great book if you love a bit of dragons you love a bit of adventure you love a bit of make-believe this is one for you excellent and I believe we've got one more book Yes, we do. The last one is Lisa Thompson, The Day I Was Erased. Uh, And Lisa Thompson, you might have heard from, uh, because she wrote The Goldfish Boy. Yes, she did. Lisa Thompson's really cool. Right, so this book is all about a boy called Maxwell, who's a bit of a, a cheeky chappy. He's always in trouble. And he also has this trusty dog called Monster, who he rescued from being run over. Um, and... One day, whilst uh, Maxwell is looking through a cabinet of curiosities, he finds himself being erased from his life as if he's never been born, which is a bit scary. Um, At first, he loves it because he's not being yelled at for being naughty or anything and he can just go as he pleases. But soon he starts to miss his old life. And also, if he'd never existed, he wouldn't have been there to save Monster from the car. He has to find out if there's a way to reverse the erasure and save the day once more. It's a really good story about family and friendship and finding your place in the world. And again, dogs. Dogs, always dogs. good. So those are my five picks for January. Gosh, thank you so much, Imogen. That was excellent. Uh, we'll see you again next time. Okay. Bye. All right, next up, we're going to chat to Celia Rees, who has got a brand new book out all about video gaming and alternate realities and lots of cool stuff. Let's find out more about it. Hey, this is Bex. I am joined by the author, Celia Rees. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for coming to Fun Kids. It's a pleasure. Now, you are a very busy lady. You've written a lot of books, I, I think. I have. But this one, uh, Glass Town Wars, is your brand new one. It is indeed, And it's yeah. quite exciting. Can you explain it to, to our to les- listeners? Uh, well, I think the easiest way to explain it is how I thought of it, um, because that contains everything, really. Uh, I was talking to some other writers, and one of them had an idea for a book about the 
Brontes, the Bronte family, the, the brothers and sisters. And in her idea, um, a girl from now would go back, would kind of hide in the in the in the parsonage somewhere and go back to their time and and things would happen. And I was thinking, yeah, that's not a bad idea, but I wouldn't do that. I guess that's what writers are like. No, I wouldn't do that. What I'd have is someone from now going back into their elaborate fantasy world that they'd created as children. And I knew about that because I'd been to the museum. And in the museum, this little tiny books, they're about two inches, if they're two inches square, oh, wow. full of writing and almost indecipherable. Um, and in that, in all these little books, or lots of them, they wrote about this world that they created. So they had created really their own own kind of Game of Thrones world. I mean, it was that elaborate. Yeah, sure. So all I had to do then is get a boy from now, because suddenly I thought it would be a boy who went um, into their world. So uh, I decided that he would be in a coma. I know that's kind of radical, but <laughs> he had to be someone who couldn't move. He can't move, He, but he's aware. So, But he can't communicate and he can't move. He's in hospital and he has a friend called Milo who is a kind of games genius. And they, he, Milo and, and a, a mysterious other person on the internet is developing a game and which is kind of revolutionary. It would be, um, in modern terms, a disruptor. It would change the whole world of gaming completely because you would be able to live in the game. It wouldn't be like virtual reality where you've got something on your head. You would be actually You're living in it. In, yeah. And it's what all gamers want, really. So his friend has this device that he can, that's tiny, and he puts it in his ear and it sends the boy back into their world. They do, he doesn't design it. They don't know where he's going to end up. That's the problem with the, with the, with the new device. Um, and he's totally shocked when he's there. And he didn't even know this world existed. But that's, that's what happens. He meets. Um, and in the world of Glastown, where he is, a war is raging between the siblings, between Bramwell and Charlotte is, is against Emily because Emily wants to leave and start her own world and okay. they don't want to do that. Uh, so he's kind of pitched right into a into a battle, into a war. And this is Tom and this is where he meets Tom, Augusta. This is Tom and he meets Augusta. Augusta is like Avatar. You know, like in a modern parlance, it would be her, her avatar. It's right. her persona, her, her character in the games. And did you have to research? You had to research so many things surely for this surely uh, the Brontes and also video games as well yeah yeah I mean I mean I yes I had to spend a lot of time looking at video games and how they worked and talking to I've got a friend who designs games and so he was very helpful and um and I'm no good at playing I, I kind of had to go up playing that and rubbish at it I was gonna say did you get to play any games uh, totally rubbish thing. at it <laughs> Um, but it's not the first book that I've written that included video games, but I'm just terrible at them. Maybe I just kind of need, need to practice more. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And, and of course, the Brontes, and I had to read their juvenilia, which is just completely bonkers and is amazing. What were they like when they were younger? Were they all friends? Were they, were they enemies? Well, it's difficult to say. I mean, there's a big rivalry between Charlotte and Bramwell. We don't know what Emily wrote because... All her, she probably, she must have written little the little books like the rest of them. But um, they, they've gone. They they were either destroyed or she destroyed or somebody else did. So they don't exist anymore. They would write against each other. So one 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 of them take a storyline where this happened, and then 
then somebody else would t- some Charlotte would pick it up and and either ridicule Bramwell's character or kill him or or Bramwell would kill her character and then they would reinvent then they'd come alive again. That's so, such a sibling rivalry. Yeah, isn't it? it's such just a brother and crazy. Sister. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, there was a lot of rivalry between those two. So you've and, got Tom and Augusta in the book, and they they are living in that world. They yeah, they're created. living in this world. And I had the feeling. I mean, I don't know, but I had the feeling that they wouldn't want Emily to break away and start her own world. And that's the point that this book is is set is. Where she is going to go away and start her own world, she's fed up with them because they dom- dominated it. I think. So I, I was going to say because uh, you you write a lot of historical fiction, yeah, and this is quite futuristic, but actually it's kind of not in a way. It's kind of both history at the same time as as futuristic as well. Well, that's what. Yeah, I found that really fascinating because it's it's yeah it's historical in that Emily Bronte is a historical character, yeah. and literary character, and lived at a particular time, and a little bit of it is set at her time. But most of it is set in this fantasy world and fantasy is kind of timeless. It doesn't exist. I mean, that, I found that quite fascinating. The idea, does, does a fantasy world exist in time? It doesn't really, does it? No. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's so exciting. <laughs> a profound idea, yeah. Now, every author uh, who comes in the studio, I have a little quick-fire quiz with them, if that's okay. Yeah, just, sure. Just to see uh, see where we lie as an author, just see see how you go. So, uh, first one, super easy. Uh, books or Kindles? Oh, well, not super easy. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> I have a Kindle with a lot of books on it. Kindles have got have their advantage, but I still like a physical book. The feel I still of like the book, feeling a book of the feel of the book, and uh, yeah, and and knowing where you are in a book. I never know where I am in a Kindle. Right. If it doesn't say, you know, you are in location eighty-two or something, I don't know. I can't find it. But in a book, I can go immediately to wherever I'd stop reading or go back to something that happened before I know where it is yeah. so it doesn't have that advantage I don't think you're one of the few authors to champion the Kindle I've got to say oh well yeah I, I, Kindle has its uses yeah definitely. sure uh, heroes or villains Oh, that's a hard one. Um, I guess I moved. I I always quite attracted to the villain. Um, I, in Glastown, I I had I had a job. I had a job keeping Rogue out of the central part of the story. I wanted. I so wanted Tom, who's a hero yeah. through and through. I wanted him to triumph. But there's a little bit of really, did he? You know, it's quite or, exciting, right? Those villains, yeah, isn't it? They're or, quite fun. Was Rogue really the the, the one that uh, had held up? attention and a heart who knows uh film adaptation or tv adaptation ah right oh that's another tough one because both of them have their advantages a film is is a a a whole like a book is a whole so you can go and see a film and it has the integrity of 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 one thing like a book has the integrity of one thing (laughs) but a tv adaptation if it's done over a series of of you know say six or ten episodes it can really go deeper into a book it can present the book in much more detail than a film can interesting okay uh horror or sci-fi Horror. Horror, straight away. Writing or reading? Reading. Read. Uh, now with the Brontes, Charlotte, Emily or Anne? Emily. <laughs> I love you've no got that through. Brilliant. Hogwarts or Narnia? Narnia. Narnia. Laptop or write by hand? Laptop. Laptop. Ooh, okay. In fact, computer. Computer. Uh, Roald Dahl or Jacqueline Wilson? Roald Dahl. Roald Dahl. Book, shop visit or school tour? 
Uh, ooh, that's a difficult mm-hmm. one. Uh, probably school tour. Any reason? You get into an audience, you get into your audience, you get to f- other feel of them. And, and if it's re- if it's a good visit, if you've really done your homework and you, you know, you can, the, there's a great, there can be such a brilliant buzz with a school visit. Um, bookshops are great. But it's different, and I, I, yeah, I think school tour, a uh, uh, school visit, I prefer really. Okay, uh, that one really divides authors. Actually, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, teaching or writing. 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 And finally, the big one, salt and vinegar or cheese and onion? Oh, uh, cheese and onion. Cheese and onion. Yeah. Controversial choice, but I'll let you have it. That's fair (laughs) enough. Uh, Celia, thank you so much for coming to Fun Kids. We should tell everybody uh, Glass Time Wars is out on the 1st of November, I believe. Yes, it is. Yeah. So everybody needs to rush out and get it because the cover is also beautiful, by the way. It is a superb cover. It's lovely. Pushkin Press have done a brilliant job with it. Yeah, it looks looks fab. So hopefully it'll be in all of the bookshop windows. I hope so too. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much, Celia. It's a pleasure. So, Celia, is going to do a reading from Glasstown Wars for us right now. He wasn't expecting this. He was on a horse, for Christ's sakes, with boots up to his thighs, a rifle at his knee and a sabre hanging down by his side. He couldn't even ride, but he was managing fine and his horse, a big bay gelding, didn't seem to mind. The horse plodded along, picking his way carefully, ears pinned back, Rain, main streaming, enjoying the rain almost as much as his rider. Tom shook his head, attempting to get the water out of his eyes without dislodging his hat. He rode on, trying to figure out exactly who or what he was. Some kind of avatar, although he didn't get cold and wet in any game he knew. He'd have to tell Milo about that. Telling would not be, the, be easy, of course. Telling would be problematic. Telling would be the difficult thing which was why he, this was happening. The big horse shifted under him, snorting and shaking his head, his ears flicking as if he sensed his rider's sudden fear. Whoa, boy, he leaned forward, patting the horse's neck, speaking into his ear. Steady now. The horse's name was Hector. How did he know that? The path took another turn, bringing him close to the to the top of the ridge. The terrain flattened near the top, and the thin path broadened out into a wider track. Smooth stones shone, slick with rain. The way was marked with rounded boulders, crusted with moss and lichen, and carved with strange patterns. Hector came to a halt, whinnying and wickering, taking dainty sideways steps as a figure came out from under the dripping branches of the trees a young officer slenderly built long hair tied back with a black silk ribbon in highly polished boots splashed to the knees knee guards but and breeches spattered with mud as though he'd been riding hard he wore a tight-fitting blue jacket and thick epaulets fringed and crusted with silver a sabre hung down by his side. He was holding a long brass spyglass. As Tom rode closer, something about the slight build and the stance made him think that this handsome young chap was a girl. You took your time. So that is pretty much it from the Fun Kids Book Club podcast today. Thank you to Amber Lee Dodd. Thank you to Hilary McKay. Thank you to Imogen. Thank you to Celia Rees. Lots of books to get involved with. But before I go, I think I need to tell you the answer to my trivia question. Today's was, which David Williams book is being made into a musical with Robbie Williams? Well, was it Gangster Granny? Was it Billionaire Boy? Or was it The Boy in the Dress? I can tell you the answer is... The Boy in the Dress! 
Yes, I'm going to be grabbing tickets for it. It looks amazing. If you got the answer right, well done. You get a pat on the back. Go and read a David Williams book right now. I will see you soon. Remember, if you like this podcast, like, subscribe, tell your friends and read a book. Bye. So that was a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere. It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading!